0: Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. We kind of started getting into something that I would love to dig in, because looking at The Scorpion's discography really made me think a lot about this.
1: Is it that people should listen to Phenomenon by UFO?
0: That's not what I was gonna get at, but we can talk about that sometime. No, I was gonna get into, and I forget exactly how we got into talking about this, but I brought up when we went to go see Alice Cooper, how he mentioned not see him live, but like see him like speak at a convention. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Yeah, he, he talked about you know, when you are a band that has hits, you need to perform those hits live. Like that's why people are going. So, I fully imagine if you were to go see the Scorpions perform live, I don't know what their whole set list would be, but you know they're going to play Wind of Change, Rocky Like a Hurricane, The Zoo, Big City Nights, Rhythm of Love. You know, like, they're going to play these hit songs. And I imagine they probably don't touch anything off of their first five albums, the albums that feature... You know, Uli John Roth or Michael Schenker. I I don't think they play any of those live these days. They're just so far gone. But that really got me thinking. And I want to kind of like, I want your thoughts on this. There are definitely exceptions to this rule of not playing your hit songs. And the way I look at it is one of the exceptions is if your back catalog is so large and so full of maybe not hits but fan favorites at least you obviously can't play them all so because I already mentioned it I've seen Rush live I saw them twice I saw them twice on the same tour they happened to come to Pittsburgh at the beginning and then again at the end of a tour they did not play the same set both times I saw them I my introduction to the band Rush was the song The Trees I forget if they played it the first or second time I saw them, but they did not play it both times. Um, I think they did play a handful of songs both times, but like, you know, you get the idea because they can only play for so long. They can't play all of their fan right. favorites. Um, so what do you think? Like, when do you think are good times for exceptions to this? Because I can think of a couple others. They're just like, all right, I get it. You're not going to play all of your hits and why?
1: Um I know well, I'm like, I putting mean, you on the spot Obviously, here. I've been obviously this. No, obviously a really obvious one I think is when you just have too many hits. Um uh, Metallica is a is a really good uh example of this. Um it is not every show that you will see them play Master of Puppets or Enter Sandman. You know, there are some songs where it's just like despite the fact that this is a huge song it didn't make the cut for something a little bit more obscure
0: do they really not play enter sandman in every show i'm actually surprised if they don't
1: yeah there are shows where they have not played enter sandman interesting
0: i i yeah. genuinely because i mean I, maybe i'm wrong i i in my mind that's like their biggest song it is it is it is Maybe nothing else matters. By, by a huge,
1: hands, right? by a huge margin, played at most shows. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, you can absolutely go find, you know, shows where they did not play Enter Sandman. Huh, uh, some... Just as an example, um, in fact, I'm looking, I'm looking at their 2019. Uh, like they played 42 shows. Yeah. 41 had Enter Sandman, so that means one show Enter Sandman <laughs> was not played. Oh, that's weird. Interesting. Yeah, forty-one. They played one. Forty-one. They played nothing else matters. The only one that they played every night was Master of Puppets and For Whom the Bell Tolls.
0: Now, wouldn't you be pissed if you were like a casual fan who really kind of all you wanted to see was three songs
1: and they didn't play Enter Sandman? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be bold here, Jeff, and say that if you are the kind of person. That paid a hundred dollars to be in the nosebleeds for Metallica to see Enter Sandman, then you might have some issues. You need to see a counselor about.
0: Well, okay, valid point. Although what I'm kind of imagining is, um, if, I,
1: I could see someone being pissed if it was like a I dragged my wife along situation. That's, that's, that's what I was just gonna say. To
0: I could imagine people um, bringing like a significant other or a friend who's like not super into it, and they don't play like the one or two songs they know. I realize that's probably well, few and, and far between, but it is just, like, a thing that I was yeah. thinking about.
1: But, and then, and then I, I think that also they have, I mean, just the Black Album in general, if you play two songs from it, then someone's going to know the songs, I think. I, I'm sure that even at the show that they didn't play Enter Sandman, they still, I mean, obviously they still got Master Puppets of For Whom the Bell Tolls, I would be surprised if it was like Nothing Else Matters and Enter Salmon were both not played on the same set list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So another example that I thought of because I believe, I think you explained this to me. Um, I mean, if anyone did, it would have been you. I believe this is a thing. Uh, Iron Maiden. Now again, Iron Maiden is the one that just has such a large back catalog and they have so many fan favorites. Which I think I'm, I want I want to make a point of Stating, when I say fan favorites, I'm thinking of that as different than hits. So, Iron Maiden do not really have hits. At least not in the US. Not in the same way that Metallica did. You know, enter Sandman and nothing else matters were hits. So I think, in my mind, the way I look at it is like, there is a certain point where I think you kind of should play your hits. Fan favorites, which is probably most of a band's set list, I'm a little hit, I'm, I'm, I'm much more like hit and miss on the, whether you have to play them all or not, because you obviously can't if you have so many albums. Well, okay,
1: here's a, here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set you up now. Okay, go for it. What's Iron Maiden's biggest hit? See, so that's, okay, so I'm not an Iron Maiden fan. So I, in my mind, I'm probably totally wrong here, it's Run to the Hills. Iron Maiden's biggest charting hit is Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter, which I don't think they've ever played live. I... Really? Iron Maiden's highest charting hit is Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Huh. Interesting. That is the only one that has gone number one. Interesting. In the UK.
0: Interesting. But, okay, but see, that's actually also surprising to me, is the fact that they've only had one number one hit. But... This is also going to, like, people who go see Iron Maiden, even though they sell out arenas around the world, they are Iron Maiden fans. This is not the same as what I mentioned before, David Bowie performing concerts and not performing any of his hits. When you are someone like David Bowie who has pop hits, like, you have quote-unquote fans... Who are casual fans. They like the songs they've heard on the radio. You better play those damn songs. Iron Maiden has a giant fan base who are not that. I don't think many people go see Iron Maiden who are like me, who own a Greatest Hits album and just sort of were like, I don't know, this is cool. Or the fans like me who went to go see them didn't really care what they played. It was just to go see the just to go experience it.
1: So yeah, I, and, and to be fair, well, there were a lot of people who were upset about that tour that we saw um, because I, uh, because yep. they didn't play Run to the Hills, and I mean, I, which to me uh, I thought was a little a little ridiculous considering like that was still a really solid set list. He still got the, the I think what the Trooper number, of the Beast, and uh. Um, fear of the dark.
0: I was gonna say, I believe they played fear of the dark, the trooper. Yeah, I believe so. If I remember correctly, um,
1: yeah, like it, it like the set list was still nothing to be upset about. See, and um, that's exactly a people case of like to complain.
0: That's exactly a case of like they can't play everything. That would be like the one time I, you know, that would be like if I were genuinely mad at Rush for not playing the trees. The one time I saw them, they have so many other songs that people want to see, and you would have to appease as many people as possible. Which I think is kind of also making me think of just, you know, there, there is a certain kind of fan base. And you have to know your fan base to know what songs people might want to hear, to know what songs people might be tired of hearing. Let's face it, there are touring artists who have such a dedicated fan base that they know most of the people in the audience don't necessarily want to hear their quote-unquote biggest songs anymore. But that's a very specific type of artist who does this.
1: And I want to throw out credit to Iron Maiden, Metallica, and Alice Cooper for being able to do set lists where they satisfy the the casual fan while still throwing in some stuff in there that, that could be considered deep cuts. Well, I, mean, I think that's where we started with this last time, is talking about Alice Cooper and how,
0: how great he is at doing that. You know, the man will always yeah. play no more Mr. Nice Guy and schools out Um, but But my mind is still blown from Roses on White Lace exactly but the man is not afraid to go you know what my real die hard fans might dig is if I play this song for the first time in 20 years you know which is really really cool for the people who realize the, the, the craziness of that and for the people who are there more casually I can't imagine anyone's really complaining you know
1: if. I gotta if. say, last time I saw Iron Maiden, they did "The Clansman" and they did "Sign of the Cross." That's the Clansman with a C, by the way. Um, I, okay. He actually had to. He actually went out of his way to make a note that it wasn't the American clan. Are you wife. serious? Yeah, yeah, because that's what you gotta do in this country these days, I guess. Anyway,
0: I don't know either um, songs, so it's fine.
1: Well, it's about it's about the the Scottish clans. Okay, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but. Uh, those two are songs that were done with Blaze Bailey originally, but Bruce did them live on the Rock and Rio DVD, which is okay. an incredible show if you haven't heard it. Um, uh, no, I think that I have. was that was that they are two songs that Bruce do, like just does so fucking well. Okay, yeah, I can get that. Um, and then like Metallica, also when I saw them, they pulled out some some. Not like super deep cuts, but uh, plus but some surprises, some unexpected ones. Yeah, yeah.
0: So that kind of got me. Th- this whole thing got me thinking again. Like, I don't really have. I'm not like going anywhere in particular with this topic. It's just a topic that I've been like mulling over for a few days now.
1: No, this is fine. This can be. I'll um, just like I'll do this like we did our dad rock, yeah. shock doc, uh, yeah, pop, whatever you whatever. call that
0: so another example because you know because I feel like we're going to keep referring to the same handful of bands all the time for for various reasons Um, the Mountain Goats yeah the man has a fairly extensive discography and there are definitely like the songs that made him more popular there's the songs that are more accessible that there are more people who enjoy as we've said before there are probably more fans of his album, The Sunset Tree, than any other album he's recorded. Maybe one of his newest ones has, g- has gotten that kind of popularity. I don't really know. But I also know that thanks to other external factors, like other people with large fan bases recommending the album, The Sunset Tree, there's a large group of people who that's what they know. Obviously, the Mountain Goats are always going to play, like, this year. At least they will for a while, as long as that is still a well. song that they're identified with.
1: Well, now they do. I got when when I first started seeing the mountain goats. Um, it was rare that you got this year. Uh, like the I they didn't play it the first time I saw them, um, which was when. And then, the, w- two thousand twelve. That's what I am saying. Like they okay. he's got he's gotten better at doing at doing set lists that appeal to everyone. I think. Well, uh, sorry, it was twenty thirteen, okay, but um, yeah. then the second time I saw them, he did he did do this year. But he didn't do no children. Oh, uh, which is probably one of his big one of his other big hits. Another big, and then like, the fan third fan. time, yeah. And, and I'm not I am cheating by looking at set list by the way. Like You're, I don't I know figured. this off You're the top fine. of my You're head. You're totally fine. Uh, but then the third time he did this year and best ever death metal band. But he did not do no children. So it was for a while he did not do like every hit. It was like you might get one or two of the of the. Better known songs, but you probably weren't going to get the four or five that you would probably know going into the Mountain Goats.
0: Interesting.
1: But see, okay, but the reason the, I brought the, him up after. The actually... four or five first exposure songs, I'll call them.
0: Yeah. But the reason I brought him up is because, among fans, he pretty famously hates performing one of an, another fan favorite song, Going to Georgia. Oh, yeah. And he does. But he'll
1: do it for, if you have enough money. Well, there's a video that. Of
0: There's a video, yeah, there's that video of him, uh, someone in the audience requests the song and says, what, like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you play it or something like that? Yeah. And and he doesn't. Yeah. But, he does not like performing a song called Going to Georgia, because he wrote the song when he was significantly younger, his view of the world was, was very different, and he does not agree with the statement the song is making anymore. And I can completely respect it, even though it is still a fan favorite, I approve of his Reasoning for not yeah. playing that song. But, on that same token.
1: That was what, the sound of
0: the token. What, ah, but, the band Warrant. Oh no. uh, fronted, created by a man named Yanni Lane. Yeah. They have their one hit, their one big hit, Cherry Pie. Yanni Lane, do you know the story of Yanni Lane? Um Okay, kinda? If, okay. So you you don't if it didn't click with you immediately. So Yanni Lane hated the fact that he wrote that song. That song yeah. tortured him. It is it is you could almost make a direct comparison to his hatred of that song to him killing himself by drinking himself to death yeah. over that song. There's multiple interviews of him just like regretting writing that song. So I'm a little torn here because obviously I, 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 I don't like that. That's what happened to the man. I actually right. really enjoy warrant Um, outside of cherry pie. I think they, I think they were a really fun, band and I think he was brilliant and incredible at what he did for for the genre. But, you know, for how much he hated that song, I can completely understand why he would not want to perform it anymore. He was embarrassed by that song. So I'm torn because part of me wants to say like, no, this is your hit song and it was a hit like you have casual fans oh. who are coming to see one song you sure as hell better yeah. play it
1: yeah that is that is the only thing i know about warrant oh you're honestly missing out but
0: that's a that's a whole other story i i can believe not that, that not I that mean, they're not that they're amazing because but like
1: they're it, super it, fun. i feel i feel the same way cherry pie makes me want to drink myself to death so i can <laughs> i can at least Assume that the rest of his music is more in line with something I would want to listen to if he feels the same way about Cherry Pie as I do. Oh yeah, yeah. It's honestly like it's it's frustrating. Here's the thing: I, as much as I hate like a lot of like the hair metal anthems, a lot of these bands put out better music that fewer people know about. Yes, the first two, the first two Def Leppard albums are really actually quite good. Well, the thing about Def Leppard, and that's a whole other topic
0: that I could do sometime, is, I mean, they blatantly changed their style at one point. You know, they, right. they were flat out, they were part of the new wave of British heavy metal. And then they completely abandoned that for, for popularity. Like, if you want to define sellout, they're one of my examples. That being said, I also love Def Leppard. I actually prefer their hair metal days to their new wave of British heavy metal days.
1: But they and, and Crew has some stuff that wouldn't be bad if Vince Neil wasn't a murderer.
0: Also, if Vince Neil just like wasn't bad, but yeah, that too. Um, but I mean, it's like it, I'm so torn because going back to Cherry Pie real quick, part of me wants to say, like his hatred of that song should allow him to not have to perform it anymore. But then there's a certain point where I would have to say like, You know what, if you hate it this much And it's going to ruin you You need to end this project And if you want to start a new project And cover some of your own other songs You can But if people are buying tickets to go see Warrant They are buying tickets to go see Cherry Pie
1: Right But
0: Hold on, you you mentioned someone else a second ago What other band did you just mention? Oh, Motley Crue Motley Crue is, is another example for me. I have seen them live a few times, regrettably. Um, one of the times I saw them, they did another one of the... Uh, it was another one of the situations where I can forgive them for not playing all of their hits. And that was they were doing an album in its entirety and then some. So they played the album Dr. Feelgood in its entirety and then played a handful more songs. If you are commemorating an album, obviously even the biggest hit albums have songs that most people are going to consider filler. But if they want to play the album in its entirety, they are making that sacrifice of, we're going to play some of these quote-unquote filler songs for the sake of playing the full album. So I'm sorry if we're not going to play all of our big hits, but... You should know going into the concert what you're getting into. I'm hoping it's advertised as a full album tour. I don't remember if when I saw them do Doctor Feel Good, I knew that that's what I was getting into. I also didn't really care. I believe it was um, like one of their one of their festivals, and that was just, it was the first time I saw them too. So it was just like, all right, I, I'm gonna go see Motley Crue because I need to go see Motley Crue at some point. Again, I, I. Now you're not big on full full album sh- shows, are you? I hate full album shows, but I hate them for that exact reason. I hate them because very there are very few albums I consider flawless enough that I want to hear the whole album. I'm not an album listener, so why would I want to see one live? Okay. How many there have you are, seen?
1: How many full album tours have you seen? I'm sure I've seen
0: a handful but it's almost entirely been like Motley Crue where it's just like I want to see the band you would have seen them anyway but I'm not super worried about what they play they're gonna play a handful of songs I like a handful of songs I don't like this isn't like I went to go see a band oh my god I'm really excited to go see this band too bad they're playing a full album and I'm not you know seeing all the songs I want to hear um yeah it's like like I really love the band Poison I have seen them live an embarrassing amount of times. I will not give a number. Um, But every time I've seen them, they've probably played pretty close to the same set list. They are the epitome of, like, they know who their audience is. They know that their fans are people who want to go see their hits. The vast majority of their fans want to go see their hits. Even some of their really big fans are totally content with just seeing their hit songs. If I went to go see poison again and they played any of their albums in full, and that meant sacrificing some of their hits. I think I'd be a little annoyed. I think most of the audience would be a little annoyed. So I think a lot of this just comes down to, you have to know what and who you are and you have to know your audience.
1: Yeah, and then then there's some cases where it's just uh to, you know don't expect anything to just just like like the like the recent um Mr. Bungle reunion. Yeah, it's just best not to have expectations with Mike Patton because he's fucking insane and he decided to play uh, his high school death metal demo in its entirety.
0: You know what? Now that you mention it, that's actually what really started making me think about this topic so much was the night you were talking about that. Um, but that's i think another exception but again this is also like i think the fans have to know the artist they're seeing
1: i think they 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 i mean on on the other hand they also advertised it as like the uh the, whatever the fuck the demo is called the yeah. return but, of the easter bunny or whatever the fuck
0: yeah tour. but like let's face it if people are going to go see mr bungle these are not casual there there's no such thing as a casual mr bungle fan like if you're going to see Mr. Bungle, you know that we're talking with a group of I men really who hope there was insane. one
1: dude in the aud- in the audience like why are they gonna play carousel?
0: Well, okay. I mean, they're legit I mean, you know, never say never kind of thing. I I'm sure there right. are some people who fit that demographic, but it's not really a thing. I mean, that's like, you know, we have taken numerous multi-hour drives to go see Michael Graves perform in a tiny in a, in a tiny little bar. So we're talking about going to see a guy who was moderately famous 20-some years ago as the frontman of the band The Misfits. But this is him touring as a solo artist, mostly doing solo acoustic shows in a bar. If you are the kind of person going to this type of show, you know that you're not necessarily going to get, quote-unquote, the hits. You're going to get some of them. You're going to get them screwing around. You're going to get random covers of things. Anytime you see a show in this format, that's what you're going to get.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, even, there's, there comes there comes a certain amount of uh, you got to know the artists that you're seeing as yeah, well.
0: Because this isn't a big tour with a guy who had big hits. This is, again, this is a guy who at one point fronted a punk band Now doing solo acoustic indie rock Like you need to know what you're getting into too But also there's no one in this audience Well there was that one time There was that drunk guy who kept yelling for Misfits songs Play Um, Skulls! Yeah that guy But no one really in these audiences Is going in expecting to hear a bunch of hits They're going to see the guy You're going for the specific performance For whatever it is worth And if that involves him being too stoned or drunk to remember the lyrics to a song, you know going in that that's what you're going to get. Yeah. So I think this is another one of the exceptions of, like, the context of the concert. Again.
1: And Dax Riggs was one of my favorites, and he fucking didn't play one song from Acid Bath, no matter how much people yelled. Well, but again, I mean, again, like, I think
0: that's people... Going in with the wrong expectation, like you're not going to go. Oh yeah, you're not seeing. No, acid he bath.
1: hasn't. It's one of those things where, like, as some something of a fan, I'm aware of the fact that he hasn't played an Acid Bath song since the bassist died. Like the bassist, like the band died with with that fellow, for more or less. I think they tried to like like do a few more shows, but like they just didn't keep it together. But um and then i think he brought dead girl over the song dead girl over to the next band and then after that it was it was dumb like he hasn't played those songs since i th- i think the last one was like dead girl in like 2000 yeah um but he's you know he's doing uh having a lot of fun with his with his originals and his old folk songs and i had a blast seeing him um but I think that the one girl who kept screaming, play dead girl, may have pissed him off and he didn't meet the, the audience that night because he's pretty well known for meeting the audience after. Oh, wow. Okay, way to go, girl. But, like, after every song, there was this drunk girl like, PLAY DEAD GIRL!
0: Yeah, and that's just... I mean, that's an individual person being, being awful. Um, which, unfortunately, also is a thing that happens. And, unfortunately, when you are that level of popularity and you're playing in venues small enough that that person gets noticed, you know, that's just a thing that unfortunately happens. Um, Much different than like when you are a huge artist and those people like, yeah, there's going to be people who do that, but they're
1: few and far between. They're up in in the nosebleeds and 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 no one cares.
0: And you're in a giant crowd anyway. You're, you know, it's inevitable. Um, It's always a shame when you have 200 people in an audience because yeah, that one drunk person can ruin the show for everybody.
1: Oh, this was a like a dive bar. Well, I'll just say this was. I'll say
0: even fewer. This is fifty people or whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, this is Club Cafe actually. Oh, oh God. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, literally, <laughs> where the stage is a stair.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a foot off the ground maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I mean, there are definitely exceptions to this, but. You know, there are times where I think I'm sorry like you are an artist or you're still performing with a certain band and you had a huge song or you had huge songs and yes, you you, this is your livelihood you have to suck it up and play your hits because that's what people are here to see and then there are certain exceptions where, well, you know all the ones we've listed, whether you have too big of a back catalog or maybe it's a different project and people are going to see Uh, Like I I will never understand this Let's say No I know he does it well But like let's say you go to go see David Lee Roth Not Van Halen David Lee Roth I realize David Lee Roth Does perform At least some of the big Van Halen songs But I don't agree that he has to I would I would say if he didn't want to he can play his own material and ignore Van Halen's discography that he was part of.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the liberties you get as going out as a solo project. So how do you feel
0: about like let's say the bands who replace a lead singer? Does the is the lead singer is the new lead singer required to perform the old hits was Sammy Hagar when he replaced David Lee Roth was he required to go out on stage and play Ain't Talking About Love or
1: I think in that case like at first you have to because that's what you have like you can't you can't just only play the new album you know um i mean i can't think of any band where that's not the case honestly well i mean i was i was honestly just wondering i mean because i um, because i i mean you know you, you listen to the to the black sabbath with dio live albums he's still doing Iron Man and uh, uh, Black Sabbath and Paranoid. Yeah. Um, even when Bruce Dickinson, like, to this day, he plays a couple songs off of the first two Iron Maiden albums per show, usually. Iron Maiden is still a staple. That's when Eddie comes out and they do the the big stage yeah. Yeah, yeah. show. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of a band that replaced their singer and then dropped their... Unless it was the case where, like, the singer... The Next Singer was so popular that they blew everything that they did before that Out of the Water. Like Anthrax had two albums before Joey Belladonna joined, but they didn't get a hit until Joey Belladonna joined. Yeah. So Which, it, it never really mattered. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a band that had a hit that they replaced their singer and they dropped that hit. And I, I can't mean, I, think of it. I
0: can't think of it. I was just genuinely curious as to like what your
1: thought was on this. Because I'm... I, yeah, because I, I think the song is, unless it's one of those cases where the where the lead singer, like, wrote the song front to back and like owns all the rights. I I I'd normally think of the song as of the product of the band. That's I was gonna say, and to me, so it's like you know when, when Sammy Hagar took
0: over for Van, you're Hayden, associating
1: that song with that song with the title of the band, not the not necessarily yes. the singer.
0: The band chose to keep that band name. So you are now like you are making the decision to like you have to you have to keep this to keep doing this.
1: You're carrying that baggage with you.
0: Yeah, whether you like it or not. Um, but I do not agree that you we know, when an artist breaks off. I do not agree. I do not think they need to do the old band songs now if they want to. Obviously, I mean, if that's your moneymaker, like then yeah. yeah, obviously, and you're able to do it. I, I am positive there are people who went to go see David Lee Roth as a solo artist just because they wanted to hear Running with the Devil.
1: um, You know, and I'm... Hot take. I would love to see Bruce Dickinson do a solo show. I would get mad if he did an Iron Maiden song. So, what's the difference? Is
0: it because Iron Maiden is still a thing you can go see? like th- what makes that That might to that you?
1: might be it, but I also just think the quality of his solo work is at a level that uh, I don't think he needs to do an Iron Maiden cover to to appease anyone. I just think his solo work is so fucking good. And you know I, I imagine would, I would be si- I would be sitting there sitting, I'd be sitting there thinking like if if he did like a deep cut Iron Maiden song, that might be different, but if he did like like The Trooper or something, I'd be sitting there thinking I have heard the Trooper live. I've seen Iron Maiden five times. I've heard the Trooper five times. I I don't need to hear this song live again. I would rather you do something from your solo work or like a deep cut.
0: Yeah, I can totally get that. But again, I think this goes down to like, I, I get the feeling you are fairly par for the course among Bruce Dickinson fans. I I imagine right. that's and, not really a hot take among that fan base.
1: I mean that's fair, and, but I, I'm just like I'm just kind of checking out some of his some of his uh, solo set lists and just like. I mean, obviously, it's been a oh, quite a while since he did one, but he did like two minutes to midnight on all of his live shows, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't want, and he did run to the hills a couple times, and I, I that's not what I want to hear. Like, I would rather hear. Uh any number of songs that aren't on this set list. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> get that. Being quite honest.
0: So, I mean the, the the example that I think of, because it's the example that I that I've personally seen, it's the first one I think of here, is um, Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. He has not been in the band Skid Row for quite a while. He does perform as a solo artist, and as a solo artist, he does perform his big songs from the Skid Row era. I. Don't mind that, because having also seen a more modern iteration of Skid Row, I wanted to hear Sebastian Bach sing some of these songs. And there is no way to do that. So if his band doing it, like that's that that's totally fine by me. But also I think it's a matter of like they were hits, and I think it's kind of expected. Because his solo his solo career isn't even among Sebastian Bach fans I think most people would like still It's like oh yeah he, I love his stuff with Skid Row and I love his solo albums I don't think he really stands On his own as a solo artist Nearly as well Maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm in the right. minority here of fans I, I don't know um, But be, So I, I kind of wonder like what came first Did he always perform Some Skid Row songs So He could get old fans to show up Or, like, did he realize old fans were showing up, so he goes, oh, crap, I should probably do these old songs. I don't really know. I don't think it's a requirement, though. Like, I would not be mad at him if he didn't do them. I'm just, I'm glad he does.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's also just... This is a situation of, um... Uh... I I think Bruce... uh, Bruce Dickinson solo stuff is different enough from Iron Maiden that 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 it, it it I don't know how I'm trying to put this, but it stands on its own in a way. Okay, yeah, I, I get it. it. It I think his, his stuff and and also like that if you're seeing him solo, I think you're you're watching it with like a, a certain a a more specific crowd than than Sebastian Bach like which is more of a more of a name that could still draw a casual crowd.
0: I was going to say I wonder if the, I mean I guess there was probably that level of again Skid Row had actual hits. So the association yeah. might bring in people who are who are much more casual fans where again I it, even even with Iron Maiden for as like immensely popular as they are they have a dedicated fan base. You know they yeah. they'll they'll bring in thousands of people to a show. And it's thousands of people who are all truly Iron Maiden fans. And I imagine Bruce Dickinson yeah. just kinda holds this you know, holds his own weight, so to speak. Anyway, I mean like I said, I wasn't really going anywhere with this. It was just an interesting thing that I've been mulling around for a little while and was kinda curious what your thoughts were.